Blog Talk Radio. Life's uncertain journey. Good evening, and welcome to Life's Uncertain Journey's Blog Talk Radio broadcast live. It is our aim to have uh, real talk about real life, but from a biblical perspective. I am your host, Nadine Davis, and I'm hosting this broadcast from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm so happy that you could join us tonight. And hello, everybody. I'm Alicia. Good evening and welcome. I'm your co-host for tonight's broadcast, and I am hailing from Wake Forest, North Carolina, and we're broadcasting for Tuesday, June 16th, 2020. And for those of you who might be visiting us for the first time, we'd like you to know that this is a live, interactive Christian broadcast that is being broadcast all across the U.S. and in several foreign countries. Our mission is to engage our listeners in conversations that are centered around the gospel of Jesus Christ, spiritual growth, and how to overcome the enemy of our very souls. So um, our topics are inspired by the Holy Spirit and are oftentimes taken from everyday events. They are also topics that will help us to develop deep and strong relationships with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. And for those who are weary, hurting, and broken in life's uncertain journey, we desire to encourage and inspire you and not not to give up on yourself or the Lord. And we know that a lot of people probably are struggling right Amen. now with, you know, the state of our world and all of the Amen. things that are going on. But we have proof that there's help for you. Hallelujah. And his name is Jesus Christ. He is our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Alicia. Yeah. Um, we're now going to ask uh, my husband, and my brother in Christ, Brother John Davis, if he would please open our broadcast with prayer. Are you there, John? It's my honor to pivot. How y'all doing this evening? Doing great, thank you. Amen. Well, as I was listening to y'all open up this evening, I was asking, Lord, Lord, what do I pray for? You know, and I know I always generally pray for the airwaves and for the people who listen to open their hearts and receive the word of God. But in addition to that, I want to ask the Lord tonight to uh, help us to, uh, uh, his light to shine in us because a lot of things are going on in this world. And the things that's going on in our lives, it's like the same, like the program thing, Life Uncertain Journey. We have uh, wars going on, rumors of wars, riots. Uh, we got uh, a disease. We got all kind of things going on. But his word says that they, these things are happening, but they will not come past us. And we who are in Christ Jesus, we, we're blessed because we know no matter what happens that we're in Christ Jesus and he's our protector. Mm-hmm. We know that uh, these shells that we have will pass away and that, one day we'll receive a glorious body that will look like him. But while we're down here on this earth, we are to represent him, be his ambassadors, and not to be like this Amen. world is. You know, lead the world and not let the world lead us. And too many of us are getting our emotions involved instead of the word of God involved. And so tonight I'm asking the Lord that he would help us, that we will focus on what he says to do 
in these situations, uh, I'd ask the Lord to help us say, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? And, Father, I ask you mm-hmm. to do that for us, for we will represent you, Lord. Uh, enough of us uh, are growing, but, Lord, you, in your word you said that we must decrease and you must increase. And we can't do that by ourselves. You actually said in your, in your word that when we pray, we don't even actually know what to pray for. But the Holy Amen. Spirit inside of us knows exactly what to pray for, Lord. So we ask you to increase in us, Lord. We need you. We, we need you to uh, tell us what to do, how to say, what to say, how to pray. We yes. ask you, the Father of Heaven, to uh, help us to decrease in every area of our lives. We ask you to search us, dear Father of Heaven. Search us, dear Father of Heaven, for all those things that are fleshly, Lord. And, dear Father, you said that we must be born again. So, Father, as children mm-hmm. and called by your name, Lord, that you would help us, dear Father of Heaven, that you would help us to de- decrease in our own emotional thoughts, Lord, and our pride and the eye that's inside of us. Yeah, that pride just be removed, dear Father of Heaven, that your will would be done, Lord, yeah. first in us, then, dear Father Heaven, we can speak to other people in their lives, Lord. So, Father Heaven, for every listener, dear Father Heaven, I would like them to know, Lord, that your word says that from Noah's three sons, from Noah's three sons, every person that walked out here uh, came from them three sons. And, Lord, for they don't know, Lord, that you said you came down and separated us by language, not by race, not by color. But, dear Father, man separated us by color. And we, he, when you separated us, you separated us and put us all over this earth. So, Father, have help us to realize that we are all the same flesh. Thus, you made us like the same flesh. But then, dear yeah. Father, have you said you came to this earth in our, litmus, in our life form, you said we must be born again. So, Father, since we're born again, Lord, let us know you. Help our minds, dear Father, have to focus on you. Not on our fleshly flesh, but, dear Father, have on your spiritual ways, Lord. And, dear Father, have we just ask, Lord, today, have your way with us, Lord. Let your will be done. And let every listener who hears your word, dear Father, have decrease and you increase in them. And I ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so very much, sweetheart. Um, I really thank God for the fact that um, what we have been witnessing, uh, at least from uh, the the result of um, Brother George's uh, uh, killing, was the fact that we all, according to Scripture, uh, came from those three sons of Noah, and that like you said, that God separated them by language and not by race. But um, we praise God for um, that revelation and hopes that people's hearts will recognize that and embrace that is that we can follow with what you did and not what man has done in separating us by race. So praise God. So, um, for those of you that may be visiting us for the very first time, John and I currently uh, oversee Charlotte Christian Fellowship, and uh, it's an outreach ministry uh, called to share the gospel and make disciples. Uh, that is the passion uh, on my heart and on my husband's heart is to just go beyond, you know, the the part of proclaiming the gospel, but also making certain that we are able to help people along their discipleship journey in their walk with Jesus Christ. And so that's what we desire to do. 
Um, he also, my husband also hosts a broadcast every Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m., and it's entitled New Beginnings. Um, he and Brother Booker Alexander, uh, who is his co-host, they offer a chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Genesis, and they would love to have you join them. So if you're interested, please, on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock p.m., you can find them at 657 383 1624. That's 657-383-1624. Amen, amen. Again, thank every one of you for joining us tonight on our broadcast. And we invite you also to visit the website, a website at um, www.lifeuncertainjourney.org. That's life with an S, uncertainjourney.org. There you can subscribe weekly notifications of our broadcast. You will also get to learn more about Nadine's ministry, The Women Who Overcome. If you have interest, you can order her book on the website as well. It's also available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I've read it myself, and it's a good read. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, darling. Uh, before I give um, our broadcast instructions for tonight's conversation, I'd like to announce that um, if there is anyone that would like to be discipled, please register for Disciple Me. Um, it is a one-on-one -on -one online uh, discipleship module designed to provide uh, the foundation for a fruitful and transformational discipleship journey. So if you have any interest, uh, please email me at Life's Uncertain Journey at gmail.com. Um, I'd also um, like to um, invite those of you who have prayer requests, you have any questions or comments, uh, please send them to that same email address. Um, that's Life's Uncertain Journey at gmail.com. Um, I'd like to also um, offer my uh, prayers and condolences for a very close. Uh, member of our uh, Women Who Overcome ministry team, um, our sister in faith, uh, Cheryl Baker. Darling, our prayers are with you and your family. Uh, we have entrusted you into uh, God's care, and we know that he will uh, take care of, comfort, and strengthen each and every one of you and the members of your family, in Jesus' name. Amen. So... <clears throat> We're going to, I'm going to try to give just a little recap um, of what we talked about last week. Uh, we're continuing our conversation on getting ready. As a matter of fact, when we first launched this conversation, it was called The Bride Must Make Herself Ready. And, of course, we know the scripture tells us that we are the bride of Christ. And based on what we were seeing and what God was revealing to our heart, uh, God was trying to say something, and we, we wanted our ears to be uh, open so that we could hear what the Holy Spirit was saying. And so um, um, this is probably about the sixth week that we've been on that topic, but I want to apologize for, for this ongoing message of warning because uh, it is quite evident that the alarms are still going off. Mm -hmm. The judgment has not been lifted. Although the people of God are praying, we see that God is not relented, nor have things changed in the world around us. 
Wickedness is abounding, and the love of fellow citizens are obscured by their personal freedom and disregard for the most vulnerable of our population. But uh, we talked about um, what has been foretold in the scripture as um, things that we as Christians are to look out for as the signs of our time just before our Savior returns. Last week, Alicia asked the question, well, what do I need to do to get ready? Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that a, a little bit more um, later. We got promised to share with you all a development that was vital in helping me to realize that uh, the vision that I shared with you all um, last week was not an isolated encounter, but one that was corroborated by yet another believer through a dream that he had. And so um, I also shared the confirmation from uh, the book of Joel that dreams and visions would be the hallmark of our last days. Here, Joel 2 talks about dreams and visions that that people would be having. But um, I'm going to share uh, this confirmation with you tonight, Um, but I'm going to... uh, turn it over to Alicia for a quick message. Just a quick reminder that it's interactive again, and we encourage participation. Yes. So when Nadine opened the mics up, we just want you to remember to mute yourself so we can um, keep background noise out and um, have a clear broadcast so, you know, the message will be heard and our discussion will be clear. Mm -hmm. I also also want to back up just a half a step and remind you all that those uh, addresses we gave, the email addresses, you can give a birthday shout out or some type of, uh, uh, you know, something we we can um, shout you out on our Mm -hmm. uh, time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so before um, she gets started, I thought I'd just let any new listeners know that she's an author. Mm -hmm. a minister of the gospel, a teacher, and a disciple maker. Mm -hmm. She's discipled me and taught me so much. She's been attending Steel Creek of Charlotte since 2011 Mm -hmm. and currently serves at their Eastfield campus. She's also a member of Moms in Prayer International, which is a ministry that encourages and equips moms around the world to pray and currently have chapters in over 140 uh, countries and in every state in America. And they've impacted children in school worldwide for Christ by gathering moms to pray. Now, we know they took prayer out of school. You can't pray. You know, you can't say certain things about right. you know, religion. So this, this group has taken on uh, that prayer instead. Amen. And their vision is that every school in the world will be covered in prayer. So that's a wonderful um group there uh, that prays for our children, and, and God knows we need it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I would even go so far as encourage uh, any moms that may be listening to our broadcast tonight to go over and visit uh, momsinprayer.org. Uh, there you'll learn a little bit more about this powerful ministry of prayer. Uh, they have so many tools uh, that can help you in your prayer walk and your prayer life. And um, I have I've just been so honored and blessed to have discovered this organization first and foremost, and then to have them uh, just rally around me in support 
of uh, of the things that uh, God was depositing in my heart. Uh, it has been my honor to serve on the Appalachian Region team, uh, helping to, uh, you know, just ensure that the vision and the mission of Moms in Prayer, for which God put us, that ministry on this planet, is fulfilled. So I just want to share that with you. And um, for those who uh, may not have been on last week's broadcast, I had shared uh, what I call a waking dream or a vision that uh, reveals some very drastic things. Um, I call it a waking dream because I I was awake, but my eyes were not open, and I could it was like a movie was playing on the on the inside of my eyeballs. But um, I saw in um, this this dream uh, a city line a city skyline, and uh, there were uh, small bombs dropping. Buildings were crumbling, and and the you know you could see the the buildings falling apart, and like the earth was opening up or something. And I, I also saw um, this huge bomb-like figure ascending uh, from the from the earth into the air. And then a few weeks um, later, I had another waking dream, and I saw this same city skyline. I saw the same buildings crumbling and falling apart, but this time I saw people falling into this opening in the ground. Uh, and then I also saw this winged creature, uh, you know, that was flying around in the sky, and all of a sudden it fell into this opening in the ground. So um, I shared this with our listeners a couple of weeks ago with great reluctance and apprehension um, because you know, sometimes you don't share that stuff like that with everybody. But anyway, the Lord encouraged me to do it, so I did. And um, then a few days after I stepped out and shared that, I received an email from a young minister from Denmark. And he, too, had a dream and shared it. His name is Torben Sondergaard. I don't know if anybody else in the area has heard of him. Uh, like I said, he comes from Denmark. Uh, and he launched this ministry called The Last Reformation. Uh, they have been, do- have been doing some phenomenal things uh, in Denmark and in regions over the seas. He set up a school uh, to teach people what it means to be a disciple. He actually took people out into the streets and they served the people in the streets, praying for them and so forth and so on, but um, he was actually kicked out of Denmark in 2019 due to religious persecution for healing the sick and casting out devils and doing the stuff Jesus told us to do, baptizing people. Uh, uh, All of that um, got him kicked out of his country. Um, I think even their TV TV stations, um, they were filming one of his crusades and they filmed a young girl uh, who had been tormented by demons being set free. Now, of course, the world don't know how to, you know, navigate things like that. And so they turned it into something horrific. And the next thing you know, the government was telling them he couldn't do that and so forth and so on. Uh, lo and behold, um, he had to leave. He had to leave. Uh, his life was threatened and so forth and so on. And so he sought asylum in uh, in the United States here. And he actually now lives in North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, here, God opened a door for him. 
and his ministry so that they could continue their work of advancing God's kingdom. And uh, he's opened a place here called the Ark. Anyway, um, I first learned of this young man myself about five years ago when I was looking for um, updating some material for a discipleship program uh, that I was creating. Anyway, I received an email from his ministry a few days after I had these dreams. And it was his email that God used to confirm the waking vision that I had received. And that reminds me, um, turn my phone off so that it won't go off on you all while we while I'm talking. But um, um, that was a confirmation that God provided for me, and I really, really thanked him for it. But uh, what I wanted to do was to share with you the dream that he sent in his email, and it's dated June the 3rd, 2020. This dream was very real, and these are in Torben's words, not mine. This dream was very real. I was in an apartment in a big city, if you recall. I shared about only being able to see the city skyline in my vision. That's me talking. Uh, I just got finished telling you all that. that I only, I only, I saw the city line in my dream, but mine, mine was from afar. Anyway, with many people around me. The TV was on in the background, and suddenly they interrupted the program with breaking news. We are in war. Those were the four words on the screen. We are in war. Then a man started to speak. We changed uh, to another channel, and the same four words were there. They were on every channel. We are in war. We are in war we are in war. Two seconds later, a loud siren started sounding all over the city. Before we could react, two big bombs came through the apartment walls. When this happened, everything became slow motion. In slow motion, I saw these two bombs fly right in front of me through the room where I was standing. They flew through the walls into the room and then back out through the window. Glass, smoke, and everything in the room was flying around in my vision. <clears throat> After the bombs flew out the window, they continued directly into the building beside us and exploded, destroying everything there. Then the slow motion ended, and I stood there in the smoke and dust. Everything was chaos, and everyone in the room was in shock over what had just happened. Panic was spreading. I ran outside onto the street, and I saw that there were bombs falling all over the city. I saw explosions everywhere and smoke rising up. It was so unreal to stand there and watch all of this. It was like seeing a war movie, but this time it wasn't a movie. This war was real, and I was in it. The words on the television, we are in war, were a reality. I was looking up to see where the next bomb would come from, and was trying to make sure I and others were safe from them. I ran around the building to the other side, and what I saw there was so surreal. On the other side of the building, people were walking and laughing. Some were sitting on the grass having a picnic. Others were playing games, having fun, not noticing what was happening. I saw some grandparents playing with their grandkids. 
They were laughing and playing with some toy guns. It looked like they had just left the theme park and were still playing with the toy guns they got in there. Having no idea that we were in the middle of a great war and that bombs were falling all over the place. But how? How could they not notice this? The need for the wake-up call. The church is asleep and not thinking about getting ready. I was in shock when I saw this. Yes, while I was hearing the sirens and explosions everywhere, they were in their own little world, totally blind to what was really happening all around them. I ran over to them, and I started shouting in their faces, grabbing their shoulders, shaking them, trying to wake them up. It was as if they were in a trance. Wake up, wake up. What's happening with you? Can you not see what's happening here? We're in a war. Can you not see the bombs falling all over? Are you blind? What's going on? I was in shock. Frustrated, angry, and sad at the same time, not understanding what was going on. Why were they so blind to what was happening? How could they be there in their own little world, not noticing that war was going on all around them? The reason I was sad is that somehow somehow I knew this would mean certain death for them. Yeah, they would, with certainty, die in this war because they did not see what was happening. Then I heard God speak to me. He said, we are in war. We are in war. What you're seeing here is what is happening right now in the spirit realm and starting to manifest in the physical world. The bombs are already falling, and this is already happening all over. But my people don't see it. And therefore, may the Lord have mercy. May the church wake up. And then I woke up. This man saw up close what I was only permitted to see from a distance. It isn't exactly like what I saw in my dreams, but the meanings are the same. Even his plea to people that were oblivious to the warfare around them aligned with the revelations the Lord was, uh, has been uh, having us share over the last few weeks. Wake up, get ready. You know, don't go back to things as usual. As it was in the days of Noah, people were coming and going and getting married like nothing was happening. I don't need any more confirmations at this point because I'm convinced that warnings have been going off to warn us, the church, to wake up for quite some time now. The warnings are quite uh, are getting more intense. Mm-hmm. So we've got to wake up. We've got to be watchful. So I continue to make clarion call that the bride must make herself ready. I'm yeah. not sure what others are saying right now, but I know we simply must not take for granted the signs that are being given for our time. 
I'm going to ask um, Alicia if she would read a passage of scripture from the book of Matthew, Matthew 24, verses 42 through 44. And it's the amplified version. And it reads, so be alert, give strict attention, be cautious and active in faith. So you do not know which day, whether near or far, your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the head of the house had known what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you who follow me must also be ready, because the Son of Man is coming in an hour when you do not expect him. Amen. You see, we don't have a way of knowing when he's coming. We just know that he's coming because he told us to be ready. And it reminds me of the uh, correlation that we've been utilizing to kind of explain what we've been experiencing with what the children of God Israel were, were experiencing when they got shut in because the death angel was going through Egypt. They had to stay on lockdown until... Moses or whoever came to tell them that they, it was time for them to leave. But you know what? The, God told Moses to tell the children of Israel, be ready. Have your shoes on. Have your clothes on. Be ready to go when it's time for us to get up out of here. And so that always, you know, rings uh, in my mind again when I hear the Holy Spirit saying to us, the modern-day church, listen, we have to be ready. Put your shoes on. Put your helmet on. The armor that God has provided, he wants us to have it on and ready because we don't know what day or what hour he's going to be coming. We know the world won't be ready. However, while it is still day, we can attempt to reach as many as God allows us so that they too can be ready and escape what's going to happen. Once we've been taken out of the way and the son of perdition begins to his reign of terror, it'll be too late. But Jesus put us here with a, a mission and a mandate to carry out his, his command and his commission to proclaim the gospel, make disciples, teach them what he taught us so that they can be ready. Now, can I read something about yes. the armor of God? It's yes, a prayer yes. that it's, a, it's from Ephesians six thirteen through 17, and it says, Father, I put on the full armor of God that you have made mine through Jesus Christ. I place this armor on myself and those for whom you have given me responsibility, and that includes family, and you can list disciple people, mentors, mentees. I put on the girdle of truth to protect us from the lies and the errors told to us about us. I put on the breastplate of breastplate of righteousness to protect our hearts from sinful and evil desires. I ask that you grant us new hearts as you promised in your word, hearts of flesh upon which you write your will. Give us new holy desire and devotion. I put on the helmet of salvation to protect our minds from twisted knowledge, wrong thinking, and unbelieving oh. imagination. I shod my feet with the gospel of peace that we might 
live your word and spread your word wherever we go and in whatever we do. I take up the shield of faith and extinguish every flaming dart of the evil one, darts of temptation, desperation, failure, truth, bitterness, uh, ruin, not truth, ruin, bitterness, confusion, and any other form of evil. Now take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right. in prayer, and begin to actively assault the enemy who seeks to steal your salvation and exile you from the promised land. <laughs> Praise God. It's time to get ready. Put your clothes on. Keep them on. And they are are appropriated by faith. They're not physical, tangible elements. But they have been provided by God. And you put them on by faith. When they talk about this helmet of salvation, like she was explaining, you got to know without a shadow of a doubt that you are saved. You have to be assured of that. Nobody should have to be asking every other week, I don't know if I'm saved or not. Because, beloved, once you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior from your heart, because it's about the heart now, once you have done that, you can be assured that not only did God hear your petition for salvation, but he answered you. Everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be Amen. Amen. What I want to do now, because we we have a few minutes, uh, I'm going to open up the microphones uh, so that people can talk. And if you can remember to please mute your phones if you're, um, and it will mute you. Um, And if you're on a house phone, I don't know, I think that'll work there too. But if not, um, you may have something on your phone that allows you to do that. So, Alicia, you you hear any any noise, background noise? No, we're good. Okay, we're good. Okay, wonderful. And the reason the reason I wanted to open the um, I hear the, uh, chicken now. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay, somebody's phone is ticking. Hold on. Did that stop? Yep. It stopped it. Yep. Okay. I don't know what that background noise is, but. Um, I'm sorry, I have to turn the mic off so that we won't won't get that background noise. But uh, what I wanted to do now was to take up Alicia's questions from, from last week. We wanted to have some dialogue about what it means to be ready. And we know without a shadow of a doubt, salvation is definitely at the top of the list. You have to be born again, born of the Spirit. And uh, there was... Um, let me see. Uh, the the main question for us on the broadcast tonight is: uh, Am I going to trust the Holy Spirit? Um, I am going to trust the Holy Spirit to speak to us and through us as we offer uh, whatever revelations that come to heart. I think Alicia explained to you earlier that uh, our broadcast is interactive. It's not me and her talking all the time, but God uh, uh, will definitely deposit in His children. Uh, revelation, and we want you to feel free to share, free to do that. Um, and uh, and now I just want to begin to ask those of you who are listening, um, what do you believe, according to the Word of God, we need to do to get ready? And of course, I said, knowing Jesus through salvation is key. So that that you don't have to use that one. 
Anyone else? Fill in a little bit. I just okay. read the armor of God, and it's a lot of things in it. Go ahead, I just turned the volume up. Okay. It's a lot of things in that scripture and in that prayer I just read that readies us for um, for the coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, lot, you know, the full armor. That's, that's a, a big part of being ready. And so if you like, well, what does it mean to get ready? Because I'm sure that's why we are, are, are um are having this discussion so we'll know what to do and how to be ready. Mm-hmm. And like Nadine said, number one is to step deep Christ as your Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And then what else? Well, there's other things. And that, that that prayer for me and that scripture is a really good guide because it talks about um, a condition of the heart. And, Nadine, you said something about a condition of the heart. And listen, um, listeners and, 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 and saints, jump in here if we're talking, okay? I, I just, you know, Sorry. don't feel like you're interrupting or anything. But I just wanted to say, Nadine, you mentioned it the condition of the heart. And if we think about, I said this, when we think about um, the incident with um, George Floyd Mm -hmm. and that officer who knelt on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, do you think that's a training issue? A training issue? There has been conversation that, Police need to train not to put people in that position or, you know, that is not a training issue. That's a condition of the heart. Mm, I got you. I see what you mean. That's a heart condition. Mm -hmm. I mean, with cameras and people yelling and that kind of thing, training wasn't going to satisfy or make him stop his, you know, he knew what to do. He he, he was an experienced matter of fact. He was a training officer. Yeah. And so that was a heart condition. And so that's where the work needed to be done in that individual and a whole lot of individuals that, you know, do simple things just the same. It's a, it's yes. a condition of Absolutely, especially the body of Christ. Because, yes. you know, um, there's a passage of Scripture where Jesus warns people that just because you call me Lord doesn't mean you got access to my kingdom. You see? And it goes to show that um, Jesus knows our heart. We may be able to fool each other with mm. our religious rhetoric or our Christianese, you know, showing up every week, our loyalty to be at the, you know, at the right place at the right time. But listen, it's a matter of whether or not our hearts have been truly changed. Mm. And that heart the heart of someone who has been impacted by the spirit of the living God changes. It's That's not right. doing the same thing. It it shouldn't have the same thought patterns that it had before, you know, before they were saved. And I know it takes, it, it's a process, and of course it takes time, but the changes will come. I mean, even in Galatians, it talks about the fruit that comes forth when a heart is saturated with the spirit of God. And then it, it lets you, and it identifies key things that should be happening with you. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, all those things that grow out of the heart that is filled with the spirit of God. Okay. 
uh, but you say filled with the Spirit of God, and here's the key to that. You, I know most of us have heard, whatever you feed grows. You know, people get overweight because they feed, right? <laughs> or you, you water the seed and it grows. Yeah. So whatever you give your attention to, that's what is going to be filled. That's, that's, that's going to be the fruit. That's going to be the evidence of what you are filling your heart with. And right. so when you start to change your, your um, habits, your hangouts, your, what you read and look at, the people you talk to, your conversation, that's evidence that you're feeding your heart with the word of God and people who are like-minded that can teach you in, in, in the spirit and grow you and you have a hunger for it, then you start to have a heart change. That's when you start to see uh, uh, the, the fruit of what you believe. Mm -hmm. And all of that is accomplished by the Holy Spirit. It isn't a work. By that I mean it's not a behavior. You see, God is not looking for behavior modification. It doesn't work. It doesn't last either. Mm -hmm. He's looking for heart transformation. That's That's a work that no book, no teacher, no counselor, nobody can do. Only the Spirit of God can change us into the image of the Son of God. And so and, and so once he has rooted been rooted in your heart, things will begin to change. You okay. notice. You know, you feel convicted when you stand around people that's cussing all the time. As a matter of fact, it begins to be quite offensive to you. <laughs> Even when you used to do it, you know what I'm saying? You know, we trust like a sailor. But all of a sudden, for some reason, it just rubs me the wrong way. The Holy Spirit is working. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, some of our live um, listeners um, said surrender. And then surrender. another one, surrender. And another one says, we are told to occupy and do business until Jesus comes, Luke 19 and 13. And this means to that listener um, to continue to live, love, and share the word of God with everyone. Everyone. Absolutely. That becomes a way of life for us. You know, it's not an optional thing that we do because that's the way we live. We live because our light is shining, you see. And believe it or not, people will be drawn to you. Amen. You know, because of that light. And when they come to you, what are you going to tell them? <laughs> you know, you're going to tell them about your Savior. The reason you see this light in my life is because of what Jesus Christ did for me. You don't know. Where I came from. We all have a testimony. Testimony. And there's scripture, that, and you know how there's a scripture that says, always be ready to give an answer That's for right. what you believe. That's right. I, I might have messed that up a little bit, but y'all know what I'm talking about. We understand. Absolutely. Uh-huh. We should always be ready to give yeah. a, a reason for this hope that we have. You That's see, right. like we were saying earlier in the uh, broadcast, that when people are hurting, when 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 their situations seem in in you know, like look, there's just no hope for me. I, there's no way out of this situation, and the only reason I know that because I've been there. But Jesus Christ is the answer for all of that, and I know that now. So I can tell another sister that felt like I used to feel that I was you know stuck in the situation that I was in, and there was no hope for me. 
I'm the evidence for her that there is hope because of what God has done in my life. And so if enough of us are sharing our testimonies with people, you know, when they see our countenance, when they see God blessing us, that we don't take the glory but make sure the glory goes to our Father. Okay, that that turns out into a testimony. Did you know in um, in Isaiah 43.10, I think it is, uh, God told Israel, you are my witness. Okay, that's the Old Testament. And then Jesus shows up, and under the New Covenant, Guess what he said? You are going to be my witnesses. See, nothing has changed. It's the same process taking place that God started in the old, his son is picking up in the new. And now that his son is seated at his right hand, guess who he pitched the ball to? Uh, We're still here. And he has given us his Holy Spirit that enables us and equips us to do those exploits in his name. And if we will allow that Holy Spirit to do what he is in us to do, not grieve him, not, you know, try to subverge, you know, or or, 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 or disobey what he's asking us to do, I believe we will begin to see some change in the earth. But until then, there's going to be just a little trickle of the Spirit of God moving in different places around the world, and it is happening. It is happening in places around the world where people have yielded their lives to Christ. They've given up trying to chase after the things of this world, realizing that this world is about to pass away. Um, one, of, one of the Facebook lives, um, she, she cites Nehemiah 2.18, let us start rebuilding so they began this good work. They began this good work. Mm-hmm. And the good work actually has already been done. <laughs> Philippians one six says, being confident of this very thing, that he who begun this good work. Amen. You see, it's not our work. Our works are like filthy rags. But God says, I'm the one that began this good work in you, and guess what? I'm going to be the one to finish it. All I need is a body. All I need is somebody who will allow me to be the Lord of their lives. Mm. And that's what God does He works through us I'm the one that works in you Both to give you the desire and the will To do my bidding Says the Lord Amen. That doesn't come from human ability We may want to think That it comes from us It doesn't beloved It comes from the spirit of God in you He is giving you the will To accomplish What God has deposited in you That is your purpose Amen. 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 The other thing that we know um, that we've been asked to do in um, Mark uh, thirteen thirty three is to be watchful and to be prayerful. Believe me, if you want to stay connected to heaven, you have to pray. That is not an option. It is a requirement that every born again believer has the privilege of communicating with heaven. It's a privilege provided by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of the Lamb has already been presented. God is able to cause us, and I know you probably won't wrap your mind around it, but if God says that I believe it, he says, while I'm sitting here on this planet, earth, 
I'm also seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I can't do that on my own. That's something God has accomplished in the realm of his power to cause me to share in his divine nature that I can be in two places at one time, not by my own doing, but what, but what, what God has provided through his word. And we have no idea the measure of authority, the measure of grace, the measure of love, and all the things that God has given to us right here and now that enables us to accomplish the very same things our Savior did. Amazing. It is amazing. But we're being, just like Adam and Eve, distracted by so many deceptive tricks of the enemy. We can't focus. We don't have time. Our minds are scattered. You know, people are depressed and anxiety is racking their brains. They don't know whether they're coming or going, you know. All of that's tricks of the enemy to try to keep us from our our purpose and our calling. But he, according to the word of God, is a liar and the father of lies. As long as we hold fast to what we know to be true in God's word, that is what breaks his back. They can't deal with the word of God. Jesus showed us how to handle Satan when he comes to us with his lies. And what did Jesus do? He said, it is written. Mm-hmm. And then when Satan tried to uh, quote scriptures to Jesus, he thought he was being smart. But you know Psalm 91 said all you got to do is jump off the building. You'll be fine. The angel's going to come get you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why we got to be careful how we spot out scriptures and not and don't know how to rightly divide them. But Jesus told him, listen, Satan, it is also written, man should not tempt the Lord thy God. So Amen. there's balance. There's so, uh, so much that God has given us through Jesus Christ to enable us, to empower us, to live this victorious life now. Yes, it is a battle. Yes, there is a war going on. But the victory belongs to us. The, the fight is rigged in our favor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Win. You Always see what I'm saying? Win. And we go, we look, we go into the battle knowing that. We go into the battle knowing that the victory has already been won. Jesus has already defeated Satan at the cross. But That's that all his power away. Fight. Mm-hmm. That don't mean we don't fight. We still have to be in the battle. Even though it's already the determined, that's why we still got to put our armor on. That's why we still got to get ready and do the things that he has commanded us to do. Even though we know the end of the story, we got to get to the end. That's right. We got to do the we work. We got to walk it out. We got to walk gotta it out. Got to walk it out. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a walk of faith so that everything that you know that God has provided you in his word is appropriated to you by faith. In other words, you got to believe it if you want to receive it. Other than that, it's just words written on a page like any other book you read. But God has divinely set his words with life in them, life for us who believe. That's how it's supposed to work out. So, Alicia, we're getting down to the last seven minutes. Uh, any more um, questions? I've got one more uh, comment. Okay. And it says, yes, 
there is true comfort and peace when you have a relationship with God, although the climate of this world is volatile and there are people who are filled with hate and prejudice, and we are to show the character of God. Amen. Whoever wrote that, amen. And that is so important. You cannot allow the enemy to draw you into sin. That's what his desire to do. God amen. has put us here, and he's, he's enabled us to love the unlovable. Mm-hmm. He didn't say you had to like him, but you got to love him. He's and, the enemy. And because, uh, mm-hmm. Timothy 417 has been referenced and said, but the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength. Second Timothy 417. Amen. I'm sorry, did you want to say something? I thought I heard Yeah, hey, this is Rebecca. How's everybody? Um, you know, hey, and of course, you know, I agree with everything, you know, God's <laughs> word, my goodness. You know? um, but I will tell you, you know, I, I know and, and I do, you know, in the spirit, I love everyone, you know, and this is what God has, has God. told us to do. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. however, especially with the younger generation, because, you know, they're, they're, it's just, you know, totally different, obviously, and that's what we're praying for, to have their hearts changed, yes. you know, and, um, and those that's who profess right. to be Christians, you know, they, they say, oh, you, you, have, you know, you have to love everyone and accept everything, and see, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I, you know, never I can love that. a person. No, I know you didn't. I'm just telling you <laughs> what this situation, I know you didn't. <laughs> Good gracious. Huh? <laughs> um, but their, their thing is, well, you can't love someone if you don't accept who they are. Well, I'm sorry. I don't accept people who have become transgenders. You know, I love them and I pray for them, but I do not accept what they have done. You know, um, with any of that. You mean you don't and, accept their lifestyle? Is that what you're saying? Right, right. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they've changed totally mm-hmm. what they were born to be through God, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, we don't change what God is. And granted, you know, I'm not that person. I don't understand all that. You know, that's their thing that they have to deal with, you know, but I, you know, people don't accept the fact that you can love someone, but still not accept what they've done, you know, that is against the word of God. Yeah. And and that's very difficult for the younger generation to, to grasp. The millennials, right, because and most whatever of, they're called, X, Y, and J. <laughs> what? Well, they 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 are uh, those who have not been enlightened. They have not come to the knowledge of the truth, and they are right. Oftentimes, they are misguided. But the sad thing of it is, is that they came up in a world where, um, you know, in the in the days of Gideon, the Bible says that. Nobody knew God. I mean, nobody grew up knowing who God, knowing who God was. And even right. when the angels showed up to, to Gideon, you know, he probably scared the daylights out of him. But the truth of the matter is right. this. It doesn't matter whether a, an individual is 
uh, having a questionable lifestyle, whether they're thieves or robbers, whether they're liars or, or, or what, all those things that are contrary to the will and purpose of God, they all, each and every one of them, are still loved by God. Absolutely. And that the, the, right. the point of it is, is that, that he has put together a plan for them, a plan for their redemption, a plan for them to experience um, all of the same great and wonderful things that God has provided to us. He just needs us to let it go and go after them, go after them with the same uh, love that God came after us. I mean, like I tell people, I, I was a uh, non-believer. You know, I didn't believe in God. Why in the world would he come after me? Of any, you know, why, why me? You know, I don't have the answer to that except for the fact his word says that he loved me. So that means that all of these individuals that are misguided, that are misled, that are blind to the truth, Satan blinds people against their will. They can't even yeah. understand what it is that we're saying. So our heart goes out to them and our prayers and even our, our love is extended to them to look beyond their faults and see their need. And their need is none other than Jesus Christ. And the bottom line is, the mm-hmm. bottom line, y'all, well, and we say them and us and our and this, they're no different than us. We they're, we sin too. And their sin is illuminated and judged. And, 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 you know, Nadine made a distinction. Sin is sin, whether it's whatever it is. And so everybody needs love, and Jesus brought that to cover all sin. For everyone. For everyone. So even someone who is already accepted and and, and falls into sin, what are we going to do? That that person made a mistake. They sinned. What do we do with them? We love them back into the fold after they repent. Well, sure. But what I, you know, I pray, obviously, pray because the last thing that was said. uh, After anyone who has fallen or sinned and love them back. Hold on, Alicia. What would you say? Um. Rebecca, I heard you say something. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, my heart was broken because the the girl that I knew said to me, she says, you need to quit thinking the old ways. And I said, you know, (laughs) the old ways that you call it is the living word. And, you know, this is what the Lord says. I mean, there was no confrontation for me whatsoever. And, you uh, know, I just I said things like, you know, yeah. what the word says, like, period. You can't argue yeah, it. It does, it, does say, it does say that. But we, we understand, we understand that the word explicitly lets us know that there are those that are blind to the truth. You can talk to right. them until they're blue in the face. However, we can't do anything about that except right. pray. Pray and ask that God will remove the blinders from their eyes, that the revelation mm-hmm. will come and they'll know truth. That's all we can do. Amen. You Amen. See? So we're, we're oh, down absolutely. to a couple of seconds. Thank you all so much for visiting with us today. We hope that you can come back next Tuesday, and we're going to continue our conversations as the Lord leads. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.